way you become successful is you, you fail forward. So that's what I did and it worked. And it works for almost every single person that you find that's successful at whatever they're doing. They just were relentless in the fact that they kept moving forward, regardless of the outcome. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a repeat guest. This man is a true American patriot. He has served the great nation of the United States as a Marine Raider. He is also one of the most interesting entrepreneurs out there. He's spoken out powerfully against government overreach. He has a couple of fantastic companies. He is a thought leader's thought leader and an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Nick Kumalatsis. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you, Nikki. That was the, the, the most energetic uh, awesome <laughs> opening I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, brother. There you go. That's what we're known for here on the show, man. So it's great to have you here, man. Really good to be back with you and spending some time with you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for bringing me back. Yeah, you bet, brother. You bet. So listen, you've been on the show before. There'll be a lot of our listeners who will remember you, but we got a bunch of new listeners and they may not remember you. And one of the things that we ask every single one of our guests to do, whether they've been on the show before or not, is to introduce themselves, tell your backstory, help the people understand how you came to be where you're at. Tell us how you became the great Nick Kumalatsis. Um, I, a lot of failure. That's that's how it, that's how I became the great ain't Nick that, Kumalatsis. Ain't that the way? <laughs> that's the way, man. So had I grew up moving all over the United States with my mom and my little brother, and then um, got into some trouble in my teenage years, and and ended up being a two-time convicted felon by the age of thirteen. Um, wow. Quickly. Yeah. Quickly realized that this was not the path that I wanted to be and, uh, some things needed to change. So we, so I made that change and had some great people in my corner that, uh, that gave me kind of a way out and kind of straightened up my life. But then initially, you know, I got real mature, real fast started working, making money and, and saw the writing on the wall that this potentially could be my life for the next 20 years and kind of panicked. And I said, okay, things, I needed to change things up. I needed a challenge. I needed to, uh, to, to something that pushed me outside of my comfort zone and, uh, you know, a life of adventure kind of, kind of hit me squ- square in the face. And I decided to join the Marine Corps. So I joined the Marine, you know, it took me at, obviously with my colored past, I, uh, it took me a little while to join, but once I did, it took me about almost, I think about two years. And um, once I did, I spent from 2000 to 2012 in the United States Marine Corps serving in um, with, uh, rec- you know, reconnaissance units as well as uh, Marine Special Operations Command as a as a Marine Raider the last half of my career. And uh, after that, doing the typical thing that you do is you con- you contract, contracted for about a year and a half and uh, said, hell, if I can, you know, do really well at this, well, I should be able to do it for myself. And then 
started my own business in uh, December of 2013, failed miserably over and over and over. And uh, finally, you know, landed where I'm at today. It just, it just took some time. You know, man, your story is the amazing one. So first of all, thank you for your service. I mean, to me, it's, it's incredible that men like you still exist, uh, men who are willing to answer the call and go do rough work so the rest of us can sleep safely in our beds. And I think it's an incredible thing that uh, there's men like you around. So kudos for that. And secondly, brother, the story of success in entrepreneurship, I hear this time and time again, is one where you fail your way forward. Pretty much 100%. almost every single guest we've had here has failed their way to success. And in fact, many of them say that if they didn't fail, they probably would never have become successful because the fact that they failed meant that they were in the arena and they were giving it uh, an effort. And what are your thoughts around that? I share that thought process and I say it the same thing. I actually say, uh, I think I wrote it in my book that I said, you show me somebody successful and I show you the same person who failed 15 times for that one success. If I would not have gone down the road that I did with my ideas that I did and failed at them, and then here's the, here's the most important part, kept going, I would not be where I'm at today. There's a lot of people that I think think that they get a couple, they get a failure under the belt or, you know, even two failures under the belt. And they're like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. This is too hard. And then they roll, they roll it up and go back, you know, go back to get a job or, you know, change whatever they're doing. And, and that's not the way that you become successful. The way you become successful is you, you fail forward. So that's what I did and it worked and it works for almost every single person that you find that's successful at whatever they're doing. They just were relentless in the fact that they kept moving forward regardless of the outcome. So you had opened up a gym and then the lockdown hit and the governor of your state was not someone who believed in, in freedom compared to the governors of other states, for example, Florida. And as a result, you got into a, uh, a, a bit of a battle of wills with the state government in the state that you live in. Tell us that story, Nick. Well, yeah. So initially, you know, like, like we all did, we, you know, nobody, we didn't know anything, right? Nobody had an idea of what was, what was transpiring, what was happening. So we, you know, we did, you know, I didn't like it. it to me, it seemed kind of crazy because, you know, we're in a small town. Everybody was talking about COVID and shutdowns and I didn't know anybody that had gotten it. I wasn't, you know, there was nobody in our area that had gotten it. And I think to date, I don't think there's many people that have gotten it in our area or at least didn't know that they had it. So I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little weird, you know, but you know, we don't know how bad it is. So like everybody else, like most of the other Patriots, like, like, okay, we'll do, well, I guess we'll do the right thing. Right. And in the, in the absence of knowledge and we'll, you know, take a two week break. And that was what they said, two weeks. And uh, our governor here, you know, went to from two weeks to 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 four weeks to six weeks, and then finally, when he came out, uh, about six weeks later, or about a month later, and there was just no plan. He, he just didn't even mention training facilities. Uh, and then come to find out, uh, Cooper, Governor Cooper, actually has some has some checkered past with kind of having having it out for gyms, and and really really giving training facilities in this state uh, a really hard time. 
even this is pre-COVID, whether it be through laws, whether it be through, you know, different statutes or different penalties or things like that. He's always kind of had it out for training facilities. So we decided this was six weeks in. We decided that I was going to we were going to open back up in the guidelines of what the CDC said. And the CDC said, you know, make sure you have sanitizing stations. You keep, you know, you limit the number of people in the building. You keep it ventilated. You know, you keep, you know, you don't keep it in a box, right? You open the doors and windows, keep air flowing through there and, you know, keep people, you know, partition off equipment to where it's, you know, people aren't working on top, you know, all the, all this, all the typical BS. And uh, so we did that and, you know, temperature checks at the door, that sort of thing. And everything was fine out of the, you know, kind of out of the blue, they kind of, they, we had the doors open, so we didn't have access control on. And, uh, I, unfortunately I wasn't there and they came in and they came in hot, like basically raided the gym, hands on guns, yelling at people, just absolute nuts in the name of COVID. And in the name of this executive order that the, that the governor had had put down, they weren't wearing masks. They weren't staying six feet. They were like up in people's faces, yelling and spitting, telling people to put the weights down and get out. And it was just absolute nuts. That's and, insane. Uh, that sounds like like yeah. na- Nazi Germany or, you know, uh, exactly. Soviet yeah. Russia. <laughs> any any immigrant that comes from a communist country, you know, they're that's what I wish America would listen to is these the, the, are immigrants that have that have come here from, you know, that have escaped communist regimes and now American citizens. I wish they would listen to their experience because there's a lot of little tales that things are happening that America's like, well, it's for your safety. And it's like, and and every every immigrant's like, yeah, right, bud. Sure. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) And um, no, thanks. Yeah. And anyway, so I show up and, you know, I, I, you know, kind of get into it with them and, you know, I'm asking them questions and, you know, they're screaming and yelling and, you know, off, you know, they, they give me a misdemeanor. You know, I'm, and I'm being respectful and I'm being non-confrontational, but I am asking the hard questions, right? Questions that they don't have the answer to, you know, asking what laws are being, what laws are being broken and, and that sort of thing. And they just don't have, and they kind of go back to the same thing that they always say, well, it's the order. It's, it's the law. Like, okay, well, what, what law, what law are they, are they actually breaking, you know, and kind of go from there and that they just, they have nothing. So then I Went home, got a call that the chief wanted to talk to me. The chief comes back and says, hey, that was not handled appropriately. You're supposed to have warnings. And then we kind of go from there. Yeah, I was in a meeting and they kind of handled this inappropriately. I said, okay. So he took the misdemeanor back. And then, you know, we had a good conversation on the porch, which is all in the video on YouTube um, and Facebook. And then we're going to go on this warning system. Well, Everything was fine for like another two weeks. And then uh, come to find out, I was doing some, we were doing some training in the gym early in the morning. A cop showed up and banged on the door because he didn't have access control and said, hey, I know the chief said that you can be open, but you got, you can't, you got to close. I said, okay, I'll call the chief. Well, after that training session, and ironically enough, that training session was with uh, a bunch of law active duty, active duty law enforcement and active duty military. We were doing some, you know, some uh, grappling and jujitsu stuff in between military and law enforcement stuff. So, anyways, it, it was interesting that you know we had cops inside training, and then there's a cop in the local area that shows up trying to shut us down. And uh, so I call the chief, and his number's been disconnected. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Come to find out, 
And then, you know, later in the day, we hit another, we had another raid. We had another raid. Well, they, not really a raid. They used a, they, they had somehow gotten a hold of a, an old key card and without a warrant came into the gym. So they broke the Fourth Amendment and just basically legal search and seizure and uh, gained access to our facility without a warrant and came in and, and, uh, and kicked everybody out and shut it down. And there's tons, there's tons of video of this and people's phones and it's all on the internet now. And I, you know, I show up and, you know, we go through the whole rigmarole again and he's like, well, now the chief's, the chief's been relieved pending investigation. I'm the acting chief now and, um, and shut us down. And yeah, it's crazy. And so this is where it got me, Nikki. This is where, this is where it really hurt me was they saw that over the weeks that they weren't going to get to me. They weren't really going to affect what I did. They weren't going to scare me. You know, I wasn't going to change what I was doing based off their scare tactics and their bullying. So what they started to do was go after the members that were there. So they started threatening the members there with misdemeanors and threatening them with different law-breaking things. They started taking pictures of their license plates in the parking lot. So if you were at the facility, they were taking pictures of their license plates. And I just thought this was like absolute, I've like, what world am I living in? After I served this country, I come back and this is the kind of treatment that we're getting from our fellow Americans in a small town. Nikki, there's 2,500 people here. This is, it's essentially Mayberry. Yeah, it's, we're like, there's, there's nothing going on here. Everybody knows everybody, you know what I mean? And this is how people were being treated one another. And I was like, this is nuts, man. And when I saw the the community, like tax paying community members and gym members being treated by that, by our local law enforcement, that's when I pulled the plug. I pulled the plug and I shut the gym down for a little bit. And uh, until I can get lawyer representation and kind of figure out what, you know, what our next steps are from there, because I needed to, I needed to make sure that the members were protected because harassing me and taking me to gym is one thing. And then them doing that to law abiding taxpaying citizens is is another thing. You know what I mean? Um, so is this police department part of the town that you live in? Is it under the control yeah. of the so this is like yeah. under the control of the mayor there? Have you talked to the mayor? Oh yeah, man. He's part. I mean, the mayor lied on to TV. Said that we said that we gave them access to it, to the gym. Oh we gave him a card. When's the next oh, election? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't even get elected, man. He put in a letter and they just took him. There was no election for him. I got. So how did the mayor over there get get? He wasn't. He's not an elected mayor. No, he's not an elected official. He he basically was appointed. I know that sounds pretty scary, right? Yeah, he was appointed, but there's the, the elections coming up. He allegedly doesn't want to run again. I mean, I would I wouldn't run 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 again either because you've been in office for just a little bit and now you've got a federal case pending against you. Who's um, uh, who's running? <laughs> who's who's running? You need to know who's running. I, I don't know. Not me. Not me. Not this guy. Um, no. Well, I get it. But man, you should find out who's running and 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 make raise a hue and cry yeah, over we're, this we're, and we're have whoever's that. running. Honestly, honestly, I think that. The, there's there's certain people in, in this town, including me, that just wants to get the town disbanded. I mean, there's no need for the town. Any, you know, we can be we're so small. We can be part of the we can be part of the county, um, but you know, and let the sheriff department take over the town. And uh, but there's there's no need to have this township here. They don't provide anything. The the taxes are higher because you're in city limits. I mean, if they're not going to provide a service and you're not going to take care of your the people that live in your town. Then what's the real? What's the actual point of of? No, it makes of sense. But 
but you can't get rid of them that quickly, right? What you can do is you can pressure whoever's running for mayor <laughs> to not do this. Going no, forward. actually, so, so we just found out it only takes two people in the house to vote to say that the town's not necessary and, and the town's disbanded. And then they have like a two to three year changeover where, you know, oh, they, okay. they two vote. Two people in the state house? Yeah, that's it. And we've already got the two people. So it just needs the, it just, we just need to get to the point where we can do it and, uh, and we'll get the town disbanded and everybody's property taxes will go down. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. Well, you should definitely do that. Um, you, you obviously know about the fellow in New Jersey. What's his name? Ian Smith? Ian. Yeah. I talk to him pretty regularly. Yeah. Oh man. I'd like to talk to him. Introduce me to him. I'd love to bring him on the show to have him talk about it, but that guy's been doing uh, incredible things. Well, good for you. I say that we should, I don't know if you've got a GoFundMe or something like that set up, but we should get one set up for you so you can fight these bastards. I'll be one of the first people yeah. to give you some money, man. <laughs> yeah, we did. We, we said it. I didn't want to initially. And then, and then as I started talking to people and started talking to lawyers and I was like, I, I started to realize how big, of a, of a big of a monster we were fighting and it was bigger than me. Right. And, uh, cause I was like, man, this is, and I even said it in the Do video, you have a link like, for the GoFundMe page, send it to us. We'll put it in the, in the show notes, man. Uh, well, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, they, I thought that that was an isolated incident and I was like, man, there's, there's no way that this stuff is going to start happening all over the United States. I mean, this is America, right? Like this is just some small town BS. There's no way that people will, you know, that will treat people this way. And then it just got worse, Nikki. We all saw it. It just got it yeah. just got escalated and escalated. And now it's, you know, like we're living in this, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. We're living in this, you know, dystopian future where we don't like actual facts don't make any sense and nobody listens to real down science. Is up, up is down nineteen eighty four. I know, right? I know. It's it's so it's it's nuts and um I just bought nineteen eighty four and Animal Farm again. I hadn't read them since I was a kid. So I read Animal Farm. I want to read nineteen eighty four again and a friend of mine writes writes a post apocalyptic friction. So I'm 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 like I'm getting it. I'm actually writing a book myself that's uh what happens if there's only one party in charge in the United States? What would happen if, if the other party basically disappeared? How would people act? It's well, a what-if I mean, scenario. We're, we're kind of seeing that now, right? We're kind of seeing. <laughs> well, right now you have a lot of opposition, though. You have a lot of opposition. Yeah, I mean, you that's got, true. That's true. Uh, um, you, you know, there's uh, the, the, the U.S. House is five seats away from changing control like five seats. You, you know what I mean? In, in my opinion, the house is going to flip in the 2022 elections. Right. I, mean, I, also, I just, I, it's, it's going to be the next, the next, uh, you know, few years is going to be, is going to be horrid for, uh, for small business. I mean, I just talked no, to our, will be. Will uh, be. I just talked to our accountant, you know, with the new te proposed tax laws that are changing and everything. I'm like, well, there goes, there goes people's profit margin. You know? Yeah, no, there's yeah. no question. And there's, you know, there's got to be a lot of fighting done. But I think like, it looks like uh, the great Herschel Walker might be running for Senate in Georgia. If he runs, you know, he's going to take it, right? Like, there's no way I, he's going to lose. So. That'd be amazing. <laughs> if he runs, he's, he, it's going to be the biggest one in Georgia in a couple decades, easily. He'll, he'll crush it. The reason is, one is he's going to get all the vote on the one side. But you know, he's, he's also like, He's also like a hero in the in the African American community, and he's not going to get no ten percent of the African American vote, if you know what I mean, right? He's going to get more like sixty percent of it. If a Republican gets sixty percent of the African American vote in the state of Georgia, he's going to it, it's going to be a blowout, right? It's not even going to be close. Man, he doesn't he doesn't pull any punches either. No, Literally. man, he's he's yeah. uh, 
he he doesn't and it's very hard to attack him like uh the left is they're very careful about trying to attack this man because he's like he's a he's a local boy made good you know uh it's yeah, it's, it's tough it's tough to go after that guy which which makes it great for him to run. So I I, I have a feeling that the house and the senate are going to flip, and uh, you know this um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting in the next little while. What you're doing is I think fantastic. You've had the guts to stand up for what's right. You you've fought for freedom. You've literally fought for freedom, and now you're once again fighting for freedom in, in the domain of standing up against the tyranny of officials that frankly don't have an understanding that this is a free country and that they need to respect the, the constitution. So right. good and on you, Matt. You know, it's, it's about, it's about control, right? I mean, that's, that's essentially what people, are, what people are missing is none of these people have real jobs. I mean, you talk, you know, talk about entrepreneurship and, and running businesses. These guys don't, they're in the business of spending money, not, not balancing a PL, not balancing a budget. If they want money, they just go print it. <laughs> like we're, we've seen that every year, right? And that goes across the, the the board for all politicians. If you're a career politician, which is a, a problem in itself, you're you're essentially part of the problem because you don't have a responsibility. You don't have you know you don't have to show a profit margin. You don't have to actually go out there and make money and you don't and realize how hard it is to earn money to support a life and support your family. That's not your reality. You can say it is, you can say you understand, but unless you, you do it or you have done it in the last 30, 40 years, then you don't understand, you know? So these individuals are making decisions for us, and especially now, like really like, you know, some of the executive orders are getting thrown around. Um, they're making decisions based off of, you know, information that's not suited for us entrepreneurs and the people of this, the, the small businesses, the backbone of America. It is, it is, it is, it is. And you've still found a way to create some great entrepreneurial success. So let's pivot to that, shall we? Yeah, and that's and that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of my message to any entrepreneur is like, listen, if you're a good entrepreneur, your whole world is problem solving. Bad things are gonna happen all the time. If you're in business, you're gonna have problems to solve. I literally just got a call from my chief operating officer about an issue. And I'm like, and I just kind of laughed and smiled. And I said, this is part of, this is the game right here. This is the game. And, uh, and we'll, we'll figure it out. But, and, and that's kind of what people have to realize is you can make a choice, right? You can make a choice to roll up your flag and cry about it and, and just play your small violin about how bad everything is. You can roll up your sleeves, get to work and harden yourself and figure it out and make something of it. Uh, there's a uh, there's a quote I don't know who said it, but basically like good times, uh, easy times make soft men. Yeah, yeah, straw. It, it, it's it's it, it's this is the buddy of mine who writes post apocalyptic novels, Michael Hoff, G, Jeff Michael Hoff. He wrote it. He he's uh, I think he was a Marine man. Okay. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create yeah. good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create Weak men. hard times. And there we go. And yeah. the, there was a book written called Hard Times Create Strong Men by Stefan Onyo. You got to read it, Nick. It's an amazing book. I'll but check yeah, it out. Jeff Michael Hoff, he wrote that, brother. Um, and he's, so, he's so, a cool dude. So being, 
Yeah. So being kind of coming from that kind of the hard times mentality, I'm like, you know what, like there's the, you know, that never quit, never surrender mentality, you know, keep moving forward. That's just what we did. And, and, uh, ironically enough, I saw the writing on the wall as far as where business and where media was going and, you know, what the need was. So we actually, we had our gym, my partner and I had been selling online training manuals, getting people ready for the military for a couple of years prior to having the gym. And uh, so right around March of that year, last year, we started an online coaching business, predominantly for men, you know, guys that wanted to become their, you know, their warrior self again, right? They, you know, they, they're allowed their life to put on that 20, 30 pounds, you know, and they just weren't, they were a dad bod, right? They're not running optimally for themselves. They're not, they're not the badass man version that they want to be. And, uh, so we created a, a program to help, to, to help get guys back to where they're supposed to be and, and some, and some pillars that went along with that. Right. Ironically enough, that first month we started making more money than the gym ever brought in crazy, bro, without any overhead, really. It's, it's an online platform. Right. And then we just ran that throughout the whole year. So, you know, you look at it and I'm like, okay, well, I can fight this, which I'm going to fight because they broke the law. That's, but as far as the business side of it, I just officially announced that we, that we shut the gym down permanently, um, today actually. And, uh, we did that last November, I believe officially it was, it was November was when we shut the gym down. And, um, but you know, we, we pivoted and, and I could, I could say, Hey, I lost everything, which we, we did lose a ton of money and, and, uh, our brick and mortar stores and and what, what governor Cooper did to the state. Like it was, it was horrendous. But on the flip side of that, Johnny slicks, our organic grooming company and the Agogi overall, we had the best year to date. Like we broke more records and, and had the best financial year, the best success than we've ever had in my time in business. That's awesome, man. That's that. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your online coaching because I think that's amazing. You know, um, my friend Ryan Mickler uh, runs something called Order of Man. I don't know if you've heard of Order of Man. Uh, I have. Yeah, so they're pretty cool. He's had Ian Smith on his podcast, actually. I've been on his show as well. You should get on his podcast. And they're all about helping men, serving men, and what you're doing um, – to help men become stronger in terms of physical fitness is something that is very important. It's one of the keys to being a self-sufficient man, right? You got to be physically fit and strong and all that good stuff. So um, I believe very strongly uh, that men should be fit. Men should uh, take care of their bodies. It's part of being the best man that you can be. I myself have a men's group I run over here. Uh, I'm creating uh, a movement for men. I'm actually going to be launching a podcast for men as well. Uh, and it's, to me, one of the key things I want to teach men is, is to get them to be physically fit and strong. So when I get that podcast running, you should come on that show and we should have you talking to all the men over there about some of the things that you guys do in order to get them physically fit because I think it's super important, man. So kudos, brother. It absolutely is. And, and, and we talk about that all the time. Men operate, I, I watch it and we watch it through the coaching program. When you get a guy who's overweight and you get him lean and you get him strong, what happens to his life? His relationships are better. He makes more money. He gets job promotions. He gets raises. It just happens. And there's a lot of different reasons why that happens, but it, it does. They, they have more energy. They're more confident. Uh, their life just kind of falls in line 
it, it's, you know, it's just amazing to watch it unfold when that, when it does happen. Brother, it's, it's the most important thing, man, to, to become, to be, to truly become a man. You've, you've got to get a lot of things right. You got to be self-sufficient in a lot of ways, but if you let yourself uh, become unfit, it's a horrible thing. It's never going to work. We actually call this, we, we call it, we have, we've kind of coined it. Like, do you want to be, do you want to be a dad bod or do you want to be a father figure? Nice. And that nice. really kind of trans. Yeah. It actually kind of, if you think about that, it really transpires into more than just a physical aspect. Right. I mean, a father figure is yes, you have a, you have a, you know, obviously your figure, you know, you have a father and you, <laughs> you, your figure looks good. But I mean, what is a father figure? A father figure is somebody who teaches, who's somebody who sets the example, who leads the way, who is a protector, who's a provider, a professor, you know, they are, they are the guide, right? And a dad bod is just this sloppy sack of shit who just is just lacking, and is let and 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 is and to me is full of excuses. And what's really sad, Nikki, what's really sad is is in these days right now, I literally have screenshots. I we had a, a the Agogi 30 day Agogi challenge yeah. uh, just launched April 1st, and I, I know you probably saw that. So every quarter we run the 30 day challenge for people, and um, and one of the one of our ads for it, somebody screenshot sent it to me, and right above it. Because I, I said in the ad, it said, do you want to be a dad bar or do you want to be a father figure? And right above it, it was saying it was some article saying that 67% of women find a dad bod more attractive. No. A dad bod? And I was like, yeah. And and that's what the, I mean, that's what the article saying. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, I don't really care if it's true or not. But what does that say about, you know, our 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 female counterparts, right? Our, our girlfriends, our wives, our sisters, our moms, if, if, if that's even true, is, is, is that saying that laziness and, and, and mediocrity is okay? Like, are we celebrating I, mediocrity I don't believe now? that. I don't believe that. There's no woman I know that likes a man who's a mediocre wimp. Not one. <laughs> Not one woman I've ever run into you know, is but, like that. No, but that's something to question, right? It's something to say, okay, is that make them? So if, if men are letting, letting ourselves slack off, does it make the woman feel better about themselves that the man's slacking off because they're slacking off? So where are women at? Where are they? Where are women at for them to be the very best version of themselves? Are they investing in themselves? Are they investing in their craft? Are they becoming the very best versions of themselves, both physically and mentally and spiritually? You know, because when I look at that, when I look at if I look at an article, you know, and I don't believe it, but if I look at the article and say 67% of women are more attracted to a dad bod than a father figure. That I, just tells me. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. I just can't even buy it. They're at. <laughs> I can't even buy it. Listen, all the women I know, they're not attracted to dad bods, period. Like, listen, my girl, my lady, we've been together for 10 years. Listen, when she was 48 years old, Nick, she decided to go run 12 hours on a treadmill and set a world record for the biggest distance run on a treadmill over 12 hours. She didn't do that once. She did that three times. Trust me, Shane and the dad bots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's, I hope she's the, I hope she's the norm for hundred percent. Well, listen, all I can tell you is in my world, <laughs> my lady's not like that. My ex-wife's not like that. Um, I think, uh, you know, this is a whole other conversation, but I think 
a lot of women are waiting for men to step up and lead. And one of the reasons that many, many women are, are, are needing to step up and lead in their own lives is because the, the men around them are not leading. And that's another conversation for another time. But I think what you're doing is very important. I think there's a lot of men who see it. And the way to get men to want to do uh, programs like yours is to challenge them. Men love and respond well to being challenged. You know, there's nothing that gets a, a, a guy more riled up than someone telling him, come on, you got to do this, man. Stop being a lazy bum. You know, or someone telling him, ah, you can't do it anyways. Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to show you. That's a thing that a lot of men respond very, very well to. So I, I think what you're doing is great. I think your 30-day challenge is great. Uh, I don't know much about it, but maybe I should do it. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty crazy workout guy. Right now I'm doing Andy Frisella's 75 hard, right? That's that's relatively yeah. intense. <laughs> you know, I'm on day 29. I think that's what I think that's what's hard for people, right? Like you just said, at day 29, it's, I think it's the consistency. And our challenge is the same way. It's it's the it's the consistency of getting up every single day and doing it. Yeah. Whether whether you feel like it or not, and and this is one of the things that I talked to when I talk to a, a client, and we're we're talk, we're kind of onboarding them to become a client or seeing if it's a right fit for them to come on board. I tell them. I asked him, I said, you ever, you ever not work out because you just, you're like, man, I'm just not motivated to go to the gym today. Yeah. Like everyone, everybody, yeah, everyone says sure. that. Guess what? It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter how you feel, like, especially as a father, as a man, do, do you feel like, you know, you know, getting up and taking care of your kid in the middle of the night? Or do you feel like, you know, you know, doing something for your family or going to work every day or doing, you know, whatever. No, you don't feel like doing all these things that you do. But why do you do them? Because it's your freaking job to do them. It is. So, and, and, and you want to talk about, you know, do you, greatness doesn't happen when you feel like it. Do you think an Olympic athlete only trains when they're motivated? No. No. <laughs> that's, not how, that's not how you win a medal. No, they get up every day and they go train because it's what they do. It has nothing to do with how they feel, whether they're motivated or not. They just get up and go do it and get it done. Yeah, no, I think it's that's great, the difference man. between that's a diff that's the difference between successful people in any arena and the people that are not. Period. Listen, your brand is a great brand. And like I said, I, I'd love to chat with you about this offline, but I say what you got going is great. I think you can turn this into a bigger business than your gym, quite frankly, uh, because oh, yeah. your message is awesome. And your men's grooming products business, man, I think that is superb too. So, you, you know, the beauty of Nick Kumalatsos is that you went forward and made something happen. You took the lemons that the government gave you and you turned them into lemon, lemonade. And the good Lord said to you, you know, indirectly, hey, Nick, I'm giving you an opportunity. Hey, Nick, I'm giving you more adversity to sharpen you up, make you stronger, make you tougher, make you better. I think that's a beautiful thing. I'll, I'll, I'll say that instead of making lemonade, I turned it into jet fuel. Jeff, ooh, <laughs> even better, man. <laughs> I just, we just, we just hit the gas. We just hit the gas, I Nikki. Love it. I love it, man. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, and you know, I say your your ideal target market are dads with dad bods, dudes like you know thirty to fifty five who've added on that twenty to thirty pounds. They don't feel like the man anymore. And your message is: don't feel like the man anymore. Feel unattractive, fat. 
Not proud of yourself when you look at yourself naked in the mirror. Let's turn all that around. We've got the plan. Exactly. We'll make it happen. We'll make you feel like a man again. We'll make you feel like a powerful, badass, you know, warrior type of a man. And I think that's a powerful message. And then, you know, initially you do just your regular online programs, but over time you can do a lot more. There's a lot of cool things you can do. And I say you need to write a book about your fight with the government. You and Ian Smith should talk together and you should both write that book together. And I believe you're going to make a lot of money from that book, number one, but I also think you're going to inspire a heck of a lot of people. It's a cool idea. and It'll be good for your branding and getting your programs out there. I think it's a, I think it, it not only that, it's an educational piece, right? Really un- getting people to understand where they're, they're, they're at in their own, in their own country and what's super important for them. And they don't, and a lot of people don't even know. A lot of people don't even get it yet, but uh, ho- hopefully they learn before it's too late. Listen, I, I can help you guys get started. If you're not writers, I can find you writers. I'm a writer, but I, I don't have time to help you write a book, but I can get you some, some folks who can help you get it done. Oh, and get I, it done I, can, real- I can write. I've got one. You know, Excommunicated Warrior has been published and it's got, you know, it's absolutely crushed it. Okay, well, uh, then, there you, you ever... go. You're a good writer. Then, But tell this story. This will be even bigger. You got to send me that book, man. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even know you had a book. <laughs> yeah, not, not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, honestly, bro, you, you, you and Ian, I'm telling you, Regnery will publish that book for you. Might even give you some money up front. Regnery Publishing, right? They, I've never heard of them. They're a conservative publisher. They got it. Yeah. R E G N E R Y, Regnery Publishing. Look them up. Um, I know a guy who's done some books with him, one of my previous guests. I'll talk to you about it offline. But you guys should get that book done, man. Boom, boom, boom. Get the deal going. And I'll tell you, it'll sell two, three million copies like that. <laughs> That'll be a nice chunk of change to lay in your pockets. <laughs> yeah, of course it will. Yeah. yeah. Force and just. Perpetuate the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's a good thing. It'll help you with your business, but like you said, it's also going to help people. I, I I think your brand is that of patriot, that of standing for freedom, that of helping men be the toughest, best they can be. That that works inside of your online coaching programs. That works inside of your your men's grooming products. I, I think that's a fantastic brand, man. Kudos. That's one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you. You you, you do good stuff. So Nick. I'm loving this conversation, but I I I got I got to end this because I got someone else I'm interviewing in ten minutes. So, uh, ah, no worries, man. We're, we're gonna do it. this again. We're gonna have you back on this show, and we'll we'll have you on the other show too. It'll be cool. But listen, let's send the folks to uh, find out more about your online programs. Let's send the folks to find out more about your grooming products company. Uh, where can they do that? They can actually, they can do that uh, either, my, you know, my name, nickkumalatsos.com, or they can go to the Agogi, the A-G-O-G-E.com, uh, or Johnny Slicks. If you look up Johnny Slicks, there's nothing. I mean, you find me, Johnny Slicks, just Google it and we'll go from there. Um, there you can't, if you type in Johnny Slicks, we've got, we've got all the advertising. It's going to haunt you forever. Um, so as soon as I'm you in type that, in I'm Johnny buy Slicks, some it'll be all over. Okay, so yeah. also um, send me your um, send me your um, your GoFundMe link as well. We'll make sure we okay. put that in here. We'll do. Um, so, listen, Nick, I'm gonna. I, I'd really like to help you guys get this going in in in, in a big way. Uh, so, 
listener, make sure you go to nickkumalatsis.com. Make sure you go to theagogi.com. Do that agogi challenge. I don't even know what it is. I'm signing up for it. As soon as I finish 75 hard, I don't want to kill myself beforehand. <laughs> okay, but we'll talk. Next, we'll talk next one's in July. Next one's in July. All right, all right. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. I'll get some of my I'll get some of my buddies who are crazy badass folks to to come get into it as well. Um, I'll tell my lady about it. You know the world record setting one. <laughs> she'll yeah. <laughs> she'll she'll be interested in this too. So we'll make sure that we put all that there. Uh, and okay. listener, make sure that you take advantage of these websites. Okay, and and you go help Nick out with this GoFundMe page because he's standing up for freedom. And listen, we we still live in a free society. This show exists because we believe in freedom. We believe in free expression. We believe in free enterprise. We believe in you, the entrepreneur, and the majesty of your dreams. We want to help you be more successful. We bring you great guests like Nick Kumalatsis because they're going to inspire you. They're going to teach you. They're going to tell you the stories that are going to give you the courage to move forward. So make sure that you support him by giving money to his GoFundMe page, by buying some of the products from Johnny Slicks, by participating in the agogi.com challenge, looking into the training programs he does for men. Uh, if you're a man, look into them. If you're a woman, have your uh, ha- look into them on behalf of some of the men that you care about in your life. Because it's a beautiful thing when people stand up for women and when people stand up for men like Nick is doing. So, Nick, we'd like to end off each episode by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps that you recommend my listener take on to improve his or her life? So what do you say? Get fit, get strong, get lean, eat healthy, and then wake up every single day and execute. That's it. Get fit, Just get strong, get every lean, day. get healthy. That's four already, and then wake up every single day and execute. That's five. I love it. These are fantastic expert action steps. I love it. Okay. So, listener, Nick Kumalatsis is the real deal. Make sure that you go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or on iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, and you take advantage of all the amazing offerings that he has. Make sure you do that, please, and help him out with the GoFundMe page. And here's another thing I'm asking you. We don't charge for this podcast, and we don't have sponsors. The only thing that we ask you to do is if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Share it with a couple of friends. Go on iTunes. Give us a review, okay? Give us a rating. If, if you didn't like it, then you don't have to do that. But if you liked it, and I'm sure you're going to like it because Nick's awesome and every one of our guests is awesome, then please give us a rating, give us a review, share it with a few people. That's how you can pay it forward, okay? Make sure that you do that. And go to our website, eCircleAcademy.com. There's a whole ton of resources we have there to help you with things like Increasing your income by $250,000 through using uh, authority positioning, things like um, a free book that I have. You know, you can get a book that we sell on Amazon. You can get the Kindle version for free on that website. Some free white papers we have. You know, there's tons of free resources there. Just take advantage of them. They're free. You don't have to pay for them, okay? We just want you to succeed. We want you to win. Your dream deserves to come alive. You deserve to live life as the best version of yourself. So just take advantage of those and make sure that you take advantage of what Nick is offering uh, as well. All that's going to be in the show notes, okay? Brother Nick, man, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on our show today and sharing your story with us, man. You're awesome, bro. 
Thank you, Nikki. Hey, man, you're welcome. You're welcome. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Nick Kumalatsos, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com and check out the show notes or wherever you happen to listen to this podcast, like iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Check out the show notes there. Until next time, goodbye. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 